0: 35 Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stopper, Brendan Escott, with you on Oilers Now. We will tell you that guests on the show get hooked up with Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Roos Chris Steakhouse is Edmonton-owned and operated. It's open from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close, at down to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. And tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Our next guest, over 14 months ago now, was the first man to tell us, keep an eye on Dave Tippett, to be the uh, next head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. He once uh, helped build one of the biggest agencies in the NHL agency business with Octagon, later the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's been interviewed for uh, multiple NHL jobs, and he's currently with the NHL Network. He's our Oilers now headliner for Touchback Safety. When it's time for safety training, trust the experts at TouchbackSafety.com. Your safety is their goal. We welcome back to the show Brian Lawton. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. Do I have a future career as a political writer after that intro that I just gave you or what? (laughs) Absolutely. I already knew that yeah uh it was funny when i used to be the sid at the university of alberta there were people around the country that thought i wrote the coaches quotes in the uh stories that we ran when we actually took the time to write pregame game advanced stories they don't do that anymore because that would require too much work but uh anyhow uh yes indeed all right let's get to it we're in unique times aren't we I mean, I know we're so – we'll get to the, the playoff stuff that's left in a second here. But we're in kind of uh, – uh, you, you know what I'm saying here? Like we're in a flat cap world. It's going to be a tough time for pending UFAs. Um, and then there's real dollars and concerns in markets where – let's put it this way. I'll ask you. If you're in Edmonton, a hockey's first – how much more confident would confidence would you have than maybe in Sunbelt markets that are fighting for space in the paper and fighting for interest that you're going to be able to jump start things when we eventually do get to the point where we're going to have fans again and get the business back to normal? How much more confidence would you have if you were you know owning a team in a hockey mad market like Edmonton as opposed to maybe some of the more challenged markets in the u.S?
1: Well, there's no doubt it's going to be easier. You don't have to compete with all the things, say, that, you know, we had to compete with way back when in 2008, 10 in Florida with Tampa, which was there's a lot of uh, entertainment options that are generally uh, in today's world with the strangest of circumstances considered safe or safer than hockey. So I, I just, you don't have to beg people to come to hockey in Edmonton uh minnesota where i live and a lot of other places around the league where it definitely is more challenging in some of the southern markets
0: so we have an 81.5 million dollar cap a flat cap but we've also got is it fair to say there's there's a it's feasible that certain teams will have their own internal cap that's considerably lower in real dollars because they'd be concerned about the short-term health of their franchise
1: Yeah, I think that's conceivable. We hear about it a lot. I don't see as many teams going to that as I would have thought a few years ago. But, you know, like you said, these are uncharted waters. Uh, People don't know what to make of the circumstances now. They're nervous about the future. I'm not in that group personally. I'm more optimistic. But, uh, yes, I could see where owners will be implementing more internal hard caps than we've ever seen in the past
0: what have you heard about arizona
1: um arizona is an interesting market i know that one well i've looked at their books a couple of times over the last 10 years so obviously i have a lot of in-depth knowledge there that i can't speak about because i signed ndas to do those things at the end of the day though um Alex Murillo, the new owner, I think mm-hmm. has injected some life into that franchise. Um, he's taken it over and at least put some plans on the board that make you believe they're going to get a new arena within the next one to two years, at least get that pro- project started. And that's real positive. But in the short term, they would fall into the category that you're suggesting.
0: All right. Um You know, they're a team that was basically at, they were one of the most expensive teams in the league this season. Okay. Uh, I know they're trying to re sign Taylor Hall. I don't know if that's feasible. Um, And so I'm going to cut to the chase here. Do you think they trade Oliver Ekman Larson?
1: I have no knowledge of that, but I would say that everything would be on the table for them. I have actually, you know, the more free time we have, the more timeless hockey nuts have to go through yep. every team's salary cap. And the reality is next year, I had them at spending only about 78% of the actual $81.5 million. Now you can go on salary cap and you'll see that they're over the cap. Right. Keep in mind, they're carrying a guy like Marion Hosa on there for a $5.25 million right. cap hit where the actual cash hit for him is a million dollars and as a matter of fact John Chico was taking that team in a direction where he was signing younger players long term and hoping that they would play into the value just look at Clayton Keller, look at Nick Schmaltz look at Jeff Chikrin look at Christian Dvorak there's four guys under the age of 24 all on contracts that are significantly lower than the AAV that's on the board so when you add it all up we're actually spending about $64, $65 million, not anywhere near that $82.5 million number that you see on on a, some of the friendly salary cap sites out there. So I know that's a lot of information. You didn't tell me about any of this before we jumped on this call. Right. That's what I do with my free time.
0: Yeah, so, so what you're saying is in the case of a bunch of those players, their numbers in real dollars – uh escalate as they get further into the contract that's kind of what you're saying and then even with hosts at a million dollars would that not be insured like you might they uh, the, the, they might only be paying 200,000 of that million right
1: that is correct i love your knowledge of the cba bob it's impressive
0: all right thanks for that uh so speaking of the cba when it comes to ekman larson he has a no movement clause uh, but he also has history playing for Dave Tippett. The Oilers do have Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisettel. Uh There would have to be money moving back, but it is, is it out of the realm of possibility, do you think, given the prior history between the coach and the player, that theoretically, if they were to shop him, that Edmonton might be able to get in the mix there?
1: I would think theoretically they would be able to. That close association with Dave Tippett I think would be valuable ultimately oliver ekman larson he didn't play anywhere near his level last year right you'd have to dig into why that was now i could say as a blanket statement that other than the goaltenders i can't think of anybody that really had a career year that's somewhat unusual oliver ekman larson is an elite player in this league i still stand by the fact that in the 2009 draft one in which we took Victor Hedman, Oliver Ekman Larson was the guy in our meetings that we talked about, about having the most offensive potential of anybody, including Hedman. Uh, he produced at least one year in his career when he had 55 points. again, I'm doing this stuff off memory, but I think that's his high watermark. And that surprises me because I thought he would consistently hit a higher level than that. So there's a lot going on with him. Um, But ultimately, when players have no-move clauses, they are completely in control of their destiny. I know if Oliver would ever waive that. I do not, Bob. But uh, I would imagine that, like most players winning is still, still a very high priority.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, somebody mentioned Ekman Larson to me two weeks ago, and I think of the last two years of the games between Edmonton and Arizona, and, you know, you got I, I, there's been at least three times that McDavid's beat him uh, with an outside net drive and taken it hard to the hole and scored. And, uh, but the fact is that if you have that guy, he slots everybody else in the right spot, and he's not on a team in Arizona Brian that has the best 3 of any team in the league in a 131 power play. Like the Oilers Nugent Hopkins is not an elite player 5 on 5, but he's always been an elite power play player. And then you have McDavid and Settle. And so if you're the point man on that power play, it's you know, it's sort of intuitive to suggest that the numbers would increase as a result. It's it's a really interesting one to me because all of the listeners to the show right now driving around they know what kind of impact Chris Pronger made when he came in 0506. When you get a and Oliver Ekman-Larsson is unequivocal. I think we can agree, Brian. He is unequivocally a number one defenseman. Is that correct?
1: Uh absolutely. I have no doubt he'd instantly be Edmonton's number one defenseman and quite frankly, he'd be a number one defenseman on at least half the teams in the league.
0: Yeah. And, and right now the owners don't have a number one defense a, 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 another one just for fans to think about guess who Ekman Larson's been paired with in the world championships the last couple of years Adam Larson So uh, and Larson has looked like a different player it's, it's, I'm not saying look, I'm not saying it's going to ha- I'm just wondering if that player was to be theoretically out there you know is that a guy that you might be able to get in the mix in and 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 again it's the con for me it's the confluence of the events Brian like it looked like Arizona you bring up a great point about John Chaka making a bet but now you have a different scenario do we even know who's going to be like is Sullivan going to stay as the GM they're currently interviewing other guys around the league It's, it's sort of up in the air isn't it a bit
1: Uh, It certainly is up in the air. I only know what I read publicly on that situation. I'm not that close to it. But the fact of the matter is that uh, they've interviewed, reportedly, a number of other people, uh, which tells everybody out there in the public that they're certainly considering making a change. Now, the New Jersey Devils did that also with Tommy Fitzgerald, just to be transparent. In the end, they stuck with Tommy. And uh, you just don't know how it's going to play out. But I would think that with all the particulars you're describing in regards to some of the challenges of smaller market or warm weather teams uh, everything is on the table everything certainly should be on the table for that organization this year was interesting because when you really look at their numbers as a team uh, it's not pretty um their goaltending in my opinion elevated their stature in the league. The results were a lot better because of the goaltending, not because the D was so good or the forwards were so good. Uh, They saved that team nearly half a goal a game. That was the best in the National Hockey League. Darcy Kemper, unfortunately, the way it works in the NHL, those guys don't always get nominated for the Vesna or win it. But if you just did an adjusted basis, he really was the best goaltender in the league last year, the combination of him and Ranta.
0: Yeah, uh, well, the last two years, his numbers have been off the charts. I know Markstrom, I believe, had the highest save percentage on first-shot attempts this past year, but I think over the last two years, Kemper's the guy that, over the last two seasons, has that. So that are, that reinforces it. And I, I mean, I felt bad for Taylor Hall. He gets straighted there, and then Kemper gets hurt and then they drop uh and they were they were unlike unlikely to have made the playoffs. Now the other thing that's occurred there, Brian, is they don't have a first round pick this year cuz they traded it to the Devils for Hall and now they don't they don't have a second round pick this year and they don't have a first pick in 2021. If they were to do a little bit of a rebuild, they would be in the business of shaving salary and getting back picks and prospects. Would that be a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, I think it would be, for sure. I mean, they're going to have some natural turnover. They've got like six UFAs that total over $30 million. Just think about their roster. Uh, we could name some of these players, obviously. Yarmilson, uh, Demers, Galagovsky. All yeah. in a year from
0: now. All, All a, in a year from now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All in a year from now. So,
0: could could be uh, interesting times, to say the least. Bill Zito got hired in Florida. Um now he spent years as an assistant general manager, but he, he was an agent for a number of years. He started up uh Acme Sports. We talked a bit about right and we talked a bit about this last yeah. week. One question that one of the texters wanted me to ask you is do you think agents maybe see the business agents that move into management maybe see the business differently than say uh uh, well, you're a former player as well, but like, this, does it give you a little bit different perspective on negotiation given that you've been on the other side of the table?
1: Yeah. It, it makes you realize how stupid you were when you were an agent <laughs> not to understand the other side's position. <laughs> I'm being facetious. But, yes, it does give you a lot of perspective. And I'm not totally joking with that statement. Uh, when I was in Tampa managing... It's just a completely different view. And it's really hard to convey to anybody until you've sat in those shoes. Uh, Billy, obviously, had been an agent with Acme, really built his business off of Finnish players and his relationship with Marcus Leto. uh, Also had a number of North American players, to be fair to Billy. And, um, you know, he's, he's spent his time in Columbus. He's a very traditional hire came up as an assistant GM. It all comes down to whether or not you believe that the organization a person is coming from is not following what I call dogmatic principles. Principles that are are maybe kind of wise tales in terms of how things are done in the National Hockey League. Uh, I happen to know Billy well. He's a good guy. He's very bright. I think he'll do very well in Florida with a team that quite frankly is really not that far away. That would be a really desirable uh, destination for anybody taking over a team. Uh,
0: I've heard they want to add a little bit of physicality. Have you heard that?
1: Are you talking about Florida? Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, That would be in Billy's DNA, coming from an apprenticeship, not only with Yarmo Kikolainen, but also John Tortorella, who carries a big stick, As everybody knows, in this league uh, with Columbus, obviously uh, the coach is always incredibly influential, but John more so than most of the coaches in the league who prefers that style.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard that they might be looking to add a little bit more bite to their uh, their team. There's been some challenges. Uh, One more thing, RCN, who's an intelligent uh, tweeter to the show, has pointed out that the Arizona Coyotes have already paid their... uh, their signing bonus to signing bonus. to yeah. Ekman Larson for this year, but the next three years of the deal are ten and a half million, and then a five point two five million dollars signing bonus, and then a five point two base salary, and then ten and a half million again. So thirty one and a half million dollars over the next three years in real dollars.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I can honestly tell you, I go through everybody's cap, but when I look at their salary cap, um. I cannot figure out what the mandate was or what the plan was there. you got guys jumping all over the place. you got a lot of bio-proof contracts. It just was not well-structured, in my opinion, the overall salary cap there.
0: Interesting stuff. Brian, uh, we love having you on the show. Thanks for your time. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. You bet. That's Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, headed up Octagon, which is one of the biggest agencies now in hockey. They've got Leon Dreisettel, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, I know there was a Jake DeBrusque mentioned earlier in the show. Jake's with them as well. It's 1252 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. We'll get to your texts, and we'll have the injury report for you. when We're in return orders now.
1: Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad.
0: This text comes in under Ashley Fine Floor's text line at 1254. Bob, do you think Clefbaum and a first round pick this year for Ekman Larson and Camper? Not enough money. Going the other way. Um, and again, wouldn't surprise me if Arizona's actually in a position where they they might even prefer a shorter term player back but an additional asset long term Seven eight uh, zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 even with the constraints you think arizona trades with a wild card competitor i think not other teams could easily match what the orders can offer from theo theo if arizona was to theoretically move ekman larson that is a fair perspective to have that other teams could easily match what the orders can offer there's another part of that though the player gets to dictate a bit where he could potentially go to. Uh, Ryan says the cost uh, to trade for OEL puts, uh, plus his contract length and age seems like a huge risk for the Oilers from Ryan. Yeah, uh, right now he's number one defenseman. And, Ryan, I, I, I there have been moments over the last couple of years I haven't been big on his game. Um, Jay says, I think if the Oilers were to inquire about OEL, part of the return would include Larson. Um, what would your response to Arizona be if that was part of the ask and the return yeah I don't think it'd be Adam Larson I just because I think it's more about like theoretically could you lottery protect a 2020 like uh, number 14 overall picks a decent pick could you lottery protect the 2021 pick remember they don't have a number one the next two years they're likely pretty much everybody in the industry thinks they're in a position where they're going to be rebuilding a bit okay well, what do you need to rebuild? You need picks, and you need prospects. That's how I would... Uh, this text comes in. Is OEL a number one defenseman? He was before signing this contract. I'm not convinced he is anymore, says the Texers. I will say this. The, the, the commentary on ekman larson is a lot fairer from the fans than those that just immediately dismissed Henrik Borgstrom because none of you have seen Borgstrom play. Very few of you have. Uh, again, a year ago at this time, you couldn't have traded Yessa RV for Borgstrom. Maybe now you can. You know, like Florida would not have done that deal a year ago at this time. Uh, Bob, what about bomb russell in a first for OEL and Kemper from Brad? I think you would need uh, to include a goaltender going back the other way if it's involving Kemper. That's my own personal perspective. And only one of those two defensemen. It would have to be a first in the future as well. And at least one more prospect, not named Bouchard or Broberg 780-496-0063. Colton says, Bob, stay away from OEL. Too many hard miles on that horse. Love the show. Thank you very much, Colton. Nice cowboy reference there. Uh I would rather go after Barry as a UFA, says another texter. <laughs> We need Ovechkin, the whiny guy from the Penguins and the Sedin brothers. Okay, thanks for that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about the chances of that making that, making that happen again. You can text us 780-496-0063. 1257 in Edmonton, and we go to the Oilers now. Injury report, which is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. No Golden Bears football this year, which undoubtedly is uh, uh, just killing a guy like Trent Brown, former uh, Golden Bear player, and of course the EE football team not playing. Trent winning a great cup with the 93 Eskimos. Back at the 630 Chat Studios with an update. Injury-wise, here's Brendan Escott. Cal Clotterbuck, a game-time decision tonight for the Islanders. He was hurt in the series opener blocking a shot, and Lightning coach John Cooper said Stephen Stamkos will not be available for the East final at all, but he did add the caveat, if that changes, he'll update us. So. I guess take that for what it's worth. I guess we'll be updated at some point. Let's get off to a global news weather traffic update. And when we come back in Oilers Now, we'll hook up with David Staples. Why do I think we're going to talk about, yes, sapoli I think there's a good chance that'll occur. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.